This is Lady Talk Radio, your space for real conversations about real life and real ways to improve yours. What's up, lady? Welcome back to Lady Talk Radio. I am your host, Stacey Ray, and I am honored to welcome you back to the show. This is episode number 52 with Jetty Azuma, and this podcast, as always, is brought to you by WeAreLadyAlpha.com, our online and offline community for ambitious women where we start conversations that empower you and help move you forward so you can have the fierce and fulfilling life you know you want. If you are loving our vibe here, maybe you want to expand on this conversation, you can join us in our free online Facebook community called The Lady Posse. The link to do that is in the show notes of this episode, or you can just search us out on Facebook, The Lady Posse, and we will add you in. If this is your first time tuning into the show, firstly, the warmest welcome to you, and you are actually listening in on our Masculine May series where we are hearing from men who are doing the work in our communities, showing up here to share their expertise, their insights, their exploration on a whole range of topics that we're going to talk about all month long. And most importantly, one of the things we're so excited about is really learning and understanding more fully how we can love and stand for and with men. So make sure you are subscribed to the show. Uh, as you're gonna, you're gonna want to get these. You're you're gonna want them. Trust me. I've been recording these. I've heard more of them so far than you have, and you're gonna want to hear these ones. So you're gonna get the inside scoop for men all month long, the entire month of May, two episodes a week. So make sure you are subscribed. I loved having this conversation with Jetty. Um, he defines himself as a change maker, a motivator, a mentor for men of all ages. He is the creator and host of the Rising Man Podcast, a platform where men from all walks of life come to share their stories about manhood and what they've learned along the way. And Jetty is also a lead coach for Man Cave, a conscious brotherhood where men from all over the world gather online to explore, expand, and elevate their lives. He is a husband, a father, and a living commitment to improve the world for the next seven generations. And we spoke to some of the powerful work that he is doing with men to honor and heal their wounds together. And we got real about some really cool things like what men want, what women want, and navigating some of these deeper dynamics in partnership. So I would recommend that you have a pen and paper, bring your journal, whatever you want into this episode as Jetty offered and explored some very insightful questions for both our own work as women and also to explore with your partner or men in your life. So we did speak quite a bit to partnership and, you know, what, you know, how kind of my favorite piece was like bringing that curiosity and compassion and space for the men in our lives to be themselves versus trying to mother or control or any of those kinds of things. So we can all relate to some of the things that we spoke about here. Really beautiful conversation. As always, I would love to hear any insights or takeaways, questions, any of that kind of stuff. So feel free to send those my way. So lady, let's get into it. Hey, Jetty, welcome to Lady Talk Radio. I am so honored to have you on the show and thrilled to be doing this series and getting to bring your energy and insights and different things that you're working with men on into this conversation. So thanks for coming on the show. It is an honor to be here, Stacey. Thank you for having me on and looking forward to chatting with your ladies. Yeah, yeah. And I know that they're really excited about it. When I told them about the Masculine May series, they were like, Okay, this is exciting. Lots of questions, lots of ideas flowing. So we will uh, we'll bring some really good stuff in this convo. I'm sure we will. Um, so to open up this convo, before we hear anything about you and what you're up to, uh, I have a question that we're opening up these conversations with, which is, what do you want women to know about men? Oh, uh, 
That's a great question. Uh, what I want women to know most about men is that inside each man, there is still a boy, no matter what he looks like. He may have some, you know, a big old beard and he may have like big giant muscles or, or just look like a grown man. And yet there's still a boy that lives inside of each one of us. And in the work that I do, I see that a lot of these men who look like men and show up in the world like men still have a boy inside of them that hasn't been healed, that they haven't resolved yet. So a lot of the challenges that come up in, in relationships and dynamics with women that I see relates to the fact that they, they don't know that there's still a boy living in there, that the actions or the behaviors we exhibit sometimes mm. are connected to that boy that's not healed. So that would be the one thing I, I would kind of open the window and let all women see is that we still have a boy living inside. And a lot of times we're ashamed of that boy. Mm. So um, just, to, just so that there's like the opportunity to have like some compassion for that. Cause you wouldn't, you wouldn't beat up on a little boy if you knew that that's, you know, who you're speaking with sometimes. Absolutely. Oh, thanks for speaking to that. That's so powerful. Yeah. Okay. So let's dive into this a little bit. Let's hear a little bit about your story. Like, how did you come to be here? What were some pivotal moments in your personal journey of manhood? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, well, I'd say the most pivotal point in my life was coming out of college. I, I went to school to be a physical therapist, and which was a great occupation for me at the time. It was something that really fit into what I wanted to do. I wanted to be of service to people, wanted to help people. Um, and yet it just wasn't quite fulfilling me. It felt like there was still more there, but that's what I thought I was supposed to do was I was supposed to take my college degree and I was supposed to use it in the world to earn money and provide for myself and et cetera, et cetera. So the void that was left in me that wasn't being fulfilled, I started to fill with partying, taking drugs, going out like, like a lot of 20 year olds plus guys do. And so, um, after a period of time, I got clear, like I, I just I had some really challenging moments in my life. And I was like, that's not how I want to show up in the world. It's not who I want to be. Um, I decided to leave where I was where I grew up in, in New Jersey, in New York City, uh, to go find myself, so to speak, to go figure out who am I and, and what am I about in the world? I was also looking for um, older or elder men to help guide me along my path mm -hmm. and also find a place where I could land and set up my life. So that happened at the age of 25. I'm 30 years old now. So really for the past five years, I've been on this journey of discovering who am I? Who am I as a man? What do I have to offer and bring into this world? And a couple of really pivotal moments on that journey. I, I did a 10-day silent meditation retreat uh, about two months into that departure from New York uh, out here on the West Coast. Wow. And one, of the, one moment I had on that during that meditation was just literally a snapshot behind my eyelids of sitting around a fire and working with men, healing some of these wounds that we have carry into our lives that can disrupt who we're becoming. And I, well, I came out of this meditation retreat and I was inspired. I said, I got to, I got to act upon this and get something going right away. And two days into that process, I was like, I still got to figure out what it means to be a man before I teach other people how to do that. Um, and so then, then it was really just kind of digging into the work myself. A lot of, um, workshops, trainings, sitting with uh, various groups of men from young and old, uh, leading me forward into, into the work that I do. Because that's, that's how I spend my time now, is I spend time in deep dialogue with men. What are the wounds we have? What are the challenges we're facing? How can we heal them and be the men we want to be? Yeah. Oh, when you said the deep dialogue, 
this came up in another conversation that we had for this series around like some of what, what that means, like that deep work, that deeper dialogue. And I think for a lot of us as women, we've had this idea that men don't need to talk or, you know, it's like women love to talk about their stuff and men don't. And that's a really outdated idea. And what has your experience been like in working with these men in this way and having some of these deeper conversations? The problem is, is that men have the same belief is that yeah. we're not supposed mm. to talk about our feelings. We're not supposed to talk about the, you, you should be able to figure this out yourself. You should be able to man up and figure out the world on your own. And the fact that we have those beliefs ourselves and that women believe that about men too, is exactly the problem. In my opinion, what I'm wow. discovering yeah. is men have a lot to say. Mm. We got a lot to say about yeah. what has happened in our life. I mean, you know, I'm, I don't know the statistics off the statistics off the top of my head, but you know how many men have been abused and never said anything about it. Yes. You know? Yeah. And not just like physical or sexual abuse, mm-hmm. like just emotional abuse. Yeah. And so that we're just we're just not taught that those conversations are possible, and so we walk around like these ticking time bombs mm-hmm. of of energy and emotions and trauma that get trapped in our bodies, and then it just takes the right combination of factors for us to explode and, and, and out of our control, beyond our control. So yeah. I think that's really the root source of a lot of challenges and problems we're seeing in our, in our society with men. Absolutely. Yeah. And as a woman, I can see that there's this like big kind of catharsis going on where, you know, this is kind of getting more exposed. Like we're, you know, women are standing up and getting really angry and being honest about different experiences and men are kind of being at the brunt of that. And I'm curious if you have any, um, you know, maybe insights or ways that we can start to take a look for ourselves at how we can be more compassionate towards men and have space for them to also heal and work through some of the things that may have occurred for them. Yeah, I think it's just what we all get to do is put ourselves in the other person's shoes. You know, Mm -hmm. I think as a man, I've spent the past decade of my life trying to understand how scary and frightening the world is for a woman. I mean, I used to live in New York City and I would walk in some rough neighborhoods at night by myself with my headphones on and not even think about it. And then I told some of my friends who are women that I do that and they're like, oh my God. And, yeah. and they, they would share with me what their experience is like. So we just don't talk about that very much. And, mm-hmm. and I, don't, I don't know. What, I mean, for you as a woman, have you given thought to like what the world looks like from a man's perspective? Yeah, yes and no. Like I've always been really fascinated with men because I I love the differences. I've always loved studying women. And so in that, I love learning from also the man's experience. And it's to me, it feels like there's this beautiful unity that's happening where we're both acknowledging the similarities and the really distinctive differences. Because I know for me as a woman, there is like literally not a day that goes by that I don't on some instinctual level think about my own safety. You know, and Mm -hmm. and that's like a very instinctual thing. So I get really curious about like, what are men thinking about on a daily basis? You know, some of these 10,000 year old, you know, instincts and things that are running through their their being because, you know, how maybe feminine shows up in certain ways that are not necessarily really constructive and, and powerful. Men also have that too. And so what do you think some of these traits of like men who are really um, standing in their, um, I, I want to say like their balanced masculinity, like how, what are some of the traits that we can look for in men? Um, some of the things that you personally experience in doing some of this work. Yeah. And, and I'll put a disclaimer on this and say, anything I'm saying is also just my own belief. You know, I, yeah. I don't, I speak very confidently, but it's really just my own thoughts on this. So I don't have a clear answer, but the way I see it is that I believe all men, specifically men, 
Mm-hmm. All that we want on our deep root heart level is to be of service, to, to be valuable to our communities, to our families, to the people that we surround ourselves with while we're here in this life. And I've thought about this a lot because the dynamics between men and women really fascinate me, especially mm-hmm. because I've been married for almost four years now. I've been in a, you know all different kinds of relationships with women. And um, I know for myself, I've only ever wanted to be of service to my partner. Mm. And yeah, I think that what I, the reason I believe that's the same for all men, even if it doesn't manifest that way in every relationship, is that when once I cleared away a lot of the wounds that I had and I cleared away a lot of the beliefs I had about myself and figured out how to take care of my own needs without looking for my partner to fill mm. those emptinesses within me, then it became really easy for me to want to show up for her. And I see a lot of men who haven't done that kind of work themselves yet who on their heart level, they're like, I just want to love up on my woman. I want her to feel safe. I want to provide safety for her because that's what makes, gets what gives us juice, mm. but don't know how to do it yet. And so that's really where I said, oh, okay, great. That's a great problem to solve because as soon as we solve that, then you know we start supporting each other again instead of being in conflict or competition with each other. Yes. Okay, cool. I love that we're going here because that like competitive kind of like power struggling back and forth, like, no, I'm this and I'm that and that kind of dynamic in relationships. Let's go there for a moment because this is a real, this is a real thing, right? This is a big conversation. So when you started doing this work, got into, you know, well, you've been married for four years. So as you started to venture into this relationship, what were some of the things that you started to notice um, through doing this? Uh, you mean specifically relative to competition or just things that came up in a relationship? Things that you started to notice as dynamics, like that were playing out as you started, because you clearly were working on yourself, doing this work, getting curious about you. Um, what were some of the things that you started to notice showing up in relationship? Yeah, uh, that's great. Um, as a man, I like to keep things as simple as possible. And <laughs> yeah. so what that I've learned is like, what it, what is it really that women need from men? And you can valid uh, confirm this or not for me, but what I understand is that the one thing behind everything women are asking of men is that they just want to feel safe. Mm. You just want to feel secure from, from your partner. And it's not that we need to like put our arms around you and protect you all the time, but just the sense of, ah, at least with you, everything's going to be okay. Like the world may be crazy out there, but I get to come home and I get to reassure my, my wife that, Hey, everything's okay. We got this. I know it looks tough right now, but we got this. And so actually I'd be interested to hear your perspective. Do you feel like that's something at really at like a a root level, if you reduce it to the common denominator, Mm -hmm. that's what women are looking for from us? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And so once, first of all, I wish someone told me that back when I had my first girlfriend (laughs) at 20 years old. (laughs) I thought it was chocolates and teddy bears. (laughs) (laughs) And really, you guys just want to feel safe. And yeah. so now what's cool yeah. is I say, ah, she just wants to feel safe. Anything that's coming up behind that, it's like, how does she not feel safe? And what can I do right now to provide it? It's like a game, which men love to play games. It's like, oh, yeah. here's something I can win at is helping her to try and feel more safe and secure so she can be who she's meant to be in the world. Yes. That's another big one is like supporting my wife being the person that she was meant to be in this world before she even ever knew me. Like when she was born, what would, what did she bring into this life? I feel it's part of my mission to protect and like hold that sacred because it's hard for all of us, men or women to like keep, keep a firm grip on who we are all the time. And being someone's intimate partner is a really special, unique opportunity to do that. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. I couldn't agree more. The way that you phrase that too. I mean, it really, to me, it's like the two whole people coming in. It's like you're supporting, you're not necessarily controlling or managing or trying to solve all the problems. Cause I know that that's something that a lot of men can show up in too, is like wanting to solve the problem and be the fixer. Can you jam on that for a second? Cause you're, you know about this. I know you do. <laughs> yeah. And, and it comes up all the time in my conversations with men. I'm like, yeah. Oh man, they're like, oh yeah, she's just not listening to me. I'm like, well, what are you trying to tell her? It's like, oh, well, you know, she's t- telling me that she's having a problem with her friend. And I say, why don't you just talk to her about it? I'm like, well, why are you trying to fix her problem for her? Hmm. Like, well, that's what we do. We're men, we fix problems. And <laughs> it's true. It's yeah. it's actually, I think, one of the cruelest jokes that nature has played on male, male female dynamics is men like to solve problems and women, you know, present problems to men, but yeah. they don't always want them to be <laughs> solved like that. So it's, I laugh at it. I'm like, dude, cause you know, is there another way you can approach that without trying to fix her problem coming from the context of what does she need to feel safe? What does she need? So she can figure out her own problem. Cause then yeah. it's like, Oh, yeah. different, different whole series of moves that I've got over here that I can do without trying to just give her the answer. So it's, it's interesting. And I, and I, I, I step on my, toes all the time with that it's not like I got it all dialed in (laughs) yeah and and again I mean we're coming up against all you know thousands of years of us like showing up in these ways right so it's going to naturally play out I'm so curious about communication in relationships especially when when we've got two people in a relationship that are wanting to show up in the world and and make things happen and really fulfill on their purpose like communication can get a little bit slippery sometimes and I'm curious, like with you and your wife, I, I know you mentioned to me that she's, she's powerful. She's doing her thing. We're, I'm totally going to invite her on the show at some point when it's not masculine, May. And uh, like what, when you guys are navigating this as two, two humans who are making things happen, what do you notice some of the breakdowns in communication that maybe we can learn from too? Because I always, I'm under the assumption that if you're experiencing something, there's a lot of us that are experiencing it too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, my wife, Carrie, I'll- Carrie is her name. So I can call her Carrie from now on. Um, she's been in this work longer than I have. So it's great because whenever we have uh, disharmony, I guess, coming up in our relationship, we can dive right into that space and say, okay, what's really happening here? You know, as soon as one of us like rises above the line and says, whoa, we're like in the throes of something, what's happening? Let's call a timeout. We can, she can, one of us will say, hey, what's really happening here? And so it's really, I'm really fortunate that I have a wife who's also a coach who knows how to navigate that territory. But, you know, I'll I'll be real transparent. One of the biggest blocks that I come up against in our relationship still is really verbalizing what I'm experiencing. Because to be honest, and I'll say this for all of the women to hear as well, a lot of the stuff that goes on in the brain of a man, you wouldn't want to hear anyway. Because there's so much like chatter and noise up in there. So when women come to us and say, I just want to know what's happening in your brain. It's like, trust me, you don't. I don't even want to know all the stuff that comes through my yeah. brain on a daily basis. And I don't know, maybe it's the same for women too. If we knew every single thought you had, mm-hmm. would we think you weren't crazy? And, and yeah. likewise for men. It would be um, a lot. It would be a lot. It, yeah. it would be a lot. And, and also that's, I don't think that that's our role in each other's lives as partners is to just dump every thought we possibly have on each other. So um, figuring out where that line is, you know, mm-hmm. where is the line of, I I get to share this with my partner so she can really understand what I'm going through so that she has an opportunity to support me too, instead of trying to strong arm it and, and do it all by myself. I mean, I do have different people and relationships in my life that I lean on for different things. There's definitely some things that I bring to my men that I just don't bring to her because you know what, it's going to make her feel more afraid and scared than, than anything. And really it's not that big of an issue. I just need to like sort it out with 
some, some guys. And then there's other things that I'll bring to her because it's, it's our relationship. Mm -hmm. So I think just, um, you asked about breakdowns in communication for me, it, it comes up when I'm not sharing with her what I'm experiencing. And instead I'm trying to have her read it by my body language or my emotions mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. Yeah. And women, we so associate you sharing all of these things with us as like this act of trust and, and generosity when really like, you know, men are really to the point. And that's, that is an act of generosity too. And the fact that you are so like razor focused, so it's a beautiful thing. And I think when we can really get those differences, it can really be powerful. Um, I'm curious, like if you've noticed anything for us as women, like how we can start to nurture that space with our partners um, and with men in general, obviously too, and like how to sort of create the space for them to share. Is there anything that you might have to say about that or like how to nurture that communication with them so they do feel like they can share if they want to? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it comes back to that same dynamic of safety and security because mm -hmm. I know that there's certain things that if I, before I've got a grip on it, if I shared it with Carrie, then it, it might trigger her into more fear. And then if she's getting afraid and I'm not feeling secure about it, then then we've got a full blown breakdown. And then I got to call in reinforcements anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> I think for on the women's side of it, it's like, okay, recognize, are you committed to really being here for your partner right now and not making it about you? This actually goes for mm, both men and women. Nice, but specifically, yeah. Are you really committed to being the support right now? Instead of looking for things that are going to scare you and what I'm going to say that are going to trigger you back into, uh oh, I'm not safe again. Because then we'll feel that. We feel, yeah. I feel it right away. I'm like, that eh, wasn't really as safe as you made it seem, honey. Let's <laughs> dial it back or right. something. <laughs> let me, let me you know, reach out to someone else and get some support first. That's a really powerful piece right there. That really landed for me when you just said that, because that I've definitely witnessed that that pattern in relationships that I've been in and also in in other women that I know is like, we're like, oh, you know, tell, tell me, tell me, tell me. And then they start telling it's like, oh, oh, really? <laughs> it starts to create a little bit of that like mm, wobbliness. And so that's a really cool piece right there. Like men desire and, and obviously I think as humans, we want to feel that sense of like the container is there. We can show up as fully ourselves and be seen and witnessed and accepted and honored. Um, and I know, yeah. were you just going to say something? Go for it. Well, I was actually going to say that uh, that's why I advocate so powerfully for not just men, men and women to have yeah. spaces, men with other men and women with other women, where you can just air this stuff out mm -hmm. because there is something to that. I don't think a partner, like a, a romantic partner, intimate partner should have to be the one to bear all for their, for their significant other. Yeah. It's just too much there's just so much that we go through and to put all of that responsibility on one person, mm -hmm. man or woman, I just think is way too much. Yeah, I agree. And there's definitely some magic in there around relating with our, our, you know, our, our brothers, our sisters, you know, and having that kind of sacred space held for us as well. I think there's just something to be said about that. So many synchronicities. I'm always curious about this because I'm such a huge advocate for sisterhood, for circles, for women being together. And I'm like, ah, like, do men experience this too? Where it's like the relatability, the, the, the overlap of our experiences is so real. There's no denying that the, the length of connectedness that we all experience. And I'm curious if in circle with men, you really feel that sense of like, we are all the same at the core. Oh man. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to say in front of men is, Hey, you think that you're really unique? Let's, mm -hmm. let's, let's inspect that a little bit. Tell me what are some of the things you're up against? And then to sit 
I, I love physical space, but you know, because of the world, sometimes technological space mm-hmm. uh, and, and I've been listening to a man's story. And then at the end of it, just say, okay, we, we heard you. Thank you for sharing everybody else. Raise your hand. If you can relate to something that man said a hundred percent, every time, every single man can find something he relates to in another person. So, and sometimes just knowing that I've seen men break wide open, like full blown tears, mm-hmm. not like messy yes, crying yes. just because they're like I'm not the only one yeah. experiencing feeling this way and to me it's like that is like sometimes the first step towards healing is yeah. like I'm not alone oh yeah I, I feel like we gotta just pause there <laughs> there's so much to be said about that thank you so much for the work that you're doing in that space because yeah we are seeing the the people are ready for this. People are craving this. You know, we're kind of getting to that threshold of like, we are all wanting connection and community and creating it in a safe way like that is such a beautiful thing. So thank you for that. And thank you for sharing about your relationship as well. Cause I know that we don't always talk about these things publicly. And I know that that's why a lot of us struggle in silence about it too. And so like in navigating this too, with you and your, your wife, what have you noticed as like really as a practice for you supports her and vice versa? Like, Cause she's out there making things happen, right? Like, how do you, how do you notice is like the practice for you in supporting her? Oh, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, Cause she's a boss mama for real. Like, she <laughs> nice. really holds yeah. We also have a two and a half year old son and he is just oh. like tons of energy and she just, she holds it down. So, uh, you know, big, big props to my wife, Carrie. Um, so what allows me to be in that space with her? This is actually one of my favorite stories to tell. Um, when we, when we got married, we got, we, we did it our way. Right. We didn't get married in, in a church. We, we kind of designed our own ceremony and we put it all together the way we wanted to. We got married outside barefoot at my request. Oh. And uh, we wrote our own vows. And for me, you know, that was like the most important part of the ceremony was what am I really committing to in this person? Mm-hmm. And the one, the, the most important vow I had, like, you know, I think like a dozen of them, but the most important vow for me that I made to her was to always protect and honor the medicine that she had in her heart and to remind her of that when she would forget and to always make sure that her bringing that forth into the world was something that I protected and nurtured. Because I think that that's what we all are here to do as humans is we all have a unique gift within ourselves to bring forward into the world. And to commit to supporting her and bringing that forward, especially, you know, after after our son was born and she went through postpartum depression and she had doubts about her ability to step back into the workspace and, you know, fears about money and how are we going to make this all work? There's a lot of thick stuff to navigate there in order for her to like really step into her power. And and on the on the reciprocal end, her doing that for me and really honoring who I am and making sure that no matter what, even if we're like on our last dime and dollar, we're doing something that lights us up in the world. I think that's like one of the secret sauces of our relationship is we can, all the, all the stuff is going to come up. We're going to argue about stuff. We're going to disagree on things and have to resolve that. But as long as we're still committed to each other's medicine and each other's gifts, then everything else just seems small after Mm, that. Yeah. Powerful. Wow. I love hearing the commitment. Like I could feel that from you in this conversation. Like just we can see each other. The listeners can only hear us. But like you can feel that, the depth of that, truly. 
It's a beautiful yeah. thing. Everything else is figure outable, you know, the little conflicts, the little <laughs> things here, all that kind of stuff. But if we're truly standing in that commitment to each other as partners to lift each other up, wow, beautiful. So and there's one more thing that really helps us out too. I'll say yeah, this. Okay. Um, we, we started probably, I think right after we got married, we started to do a gratitude practice with each other. It's the last thing we do every night before we go to bed. Sometimes when we're apart for the night, we, we miss it. But it's something we'll usually even call or FaceTime each other. And we always ask or we say what we're grateful for in the other person for that day. Because since we do it every day, then it's like, what am I grateful for you today? And then we always bring it back to that. Like, oh, I'm still grateful for this person in my life. Yeah. Even though we had that. Oh, I love that. Like, I'm still grateful for you. Thank Mm -hmm. you. It really does. It like keeps the fire stoked. Totally. Oh, I love that. I, I heard about this really cool exercise. Um, and I've done this a couple times with my partner was like the, the whole idea of like, um, here's two things that I love about you. And here's two things that I'd love to work on together. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like a little bit of the like sandwich, you know, like here's some mm-hmm. stuff that I'd love to hone in on with you and love all these things too. <laughs> so it's <laughs> kind of cool and creates that connection. But I love that just like, just streaming that gratitude for each other. Like, oh, that is not happening enough in relationships around the world. Ladies, let's take mm. this on. This sounds beautiful. Absolutely love it. <laughs> gratitude challenge. <laughs> right? Oh, so good. And just what a way to end our day, you know, just checking in on that. Beautiful. Yeah. What is your experience of like projections and that kind of thing? Because this has come up quite a bit in conversations. It was a couple of the questions that the ladies had asked when they knew I was bringing some men on the show. We're like, let's talk about communication and projections and um, in relationship, how we can navigate those things more clearly and more lovingly. What's your take on that? Let me just make sure I'm clear. So you mean when we're projecting stuff onto our partners? Yes. Back and forth? Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a big question. I think that's, and that's just not a man or a woman thing. I, mm-hmm. I believe that we yeah. project something onto someone else where it's like, we're throwing up a smoke screen for the stuff we really don't want to face. So, you know, when, when you can recognize that in your partner or your partner recognizes that in you, I, I always see it as, Hey, is it, it's an opportunity to go like six levels deeper. Like, is there, is there something that's like a little bit below this? Like, uh, I know you love me and I love you. And what it mm-hmm. sounds like what we're talking about right now, isn't really the issue. Like, is there something below that? And if there is that level of trust there, there's that level of, Hey, I'm committed to you being the best person you can be loving up on you. Then usually you can kind of sink a little bit deeper and say, yeah, you know what? There's something else that's really been bothering me. Yeah. That's, I think that's really what it's all about. If we're all committed to our own personal growth and the growth of our partners, then it's like, okay, well, how can we get to the root of it? How can we get to the root of what's really happening here? And it's not easy. It's, it's not, I'm not, it's not like a, like the clouds part. And it's like, oh yeah, let's talk about this. Sometimes you got to work a little bit. Yeah. messy yeah. sometimes. It gets messy and we keep coming back and standing in the commitment, right? Yeah. And I like that you said six layers. Cause yeah, sometimes it's not like one layer. <laughs> it's like, we got to keep going. No, how, how are you the- really? Yeah. Like what's really showing up here? Yeah. Totally get that. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. What are some, uh, any, any like specific teachings or books or like, like, uh, mentors or anybody that you personally feel like we should all be tapping into when it comes to relationships and navigating these things? Yes. Yeah. Um, Alison Armstrong, is yes. that a name that, yes. yes. Okay. So first of all, she's hilarious. Second of she all, really her body of work, of, of, you know, being like super objective and mm-hmm. observing men, 
serving women and breaking it down. Everything I, I studied her work about men, just so I can understand like why am I doing things as a man? Yeah. And then studying her work um, to understand my partner and and all women, not just my partner, but all women, my mom, my you know my sisters and my community. Um, really valuable. So Alison Armstrong is one person that I I, I kind of default to her because mm. a lot of the other stuff is different versions of the same um yeah as far as relationships go yeah I love her work so much I actually listened to um one of the I don't know if it was actually a book or if it was just a a compilation of lectures that she did but it was called understanding women I think it's unlock the mystery or something and Mm -hmm. I was like I was on the plane listening and I couldn't stop laughing like pretty much the whole time because it's just it's hilarious to hear some of these things that we're all doing (laughs) You know, and yep. we think it's unique again, coming back to the connectedness, we're all doing these things and particularly the, the, uh, how women are gatherers, men are naturally the hunter. And so women, we want to like tell you about all the berries and we want to tell you like where we were when we saw the berries and we want to like, we tell you all this information and men are like, cool, that's <laughs> awesome. Like, I just want to know where to go get the meat, <laughs> you know? Um, so uh, I, I love that. I think it can teach us so much about communicating with the opposite sex. So really cool. Really cool. Did you hear the did you hear the one um that she she talks about women treat men like their hairy girlfriends? Yes. And, and <laughs> men treat their women like their sexy bros. Yeah. I thought that was <laughs> I thought that was great. I was like, yes, that's what's happening. That's the that's the breakdown. It's so true. And you guys hear me say on the show a lot, like I always say, you know, women are not like lovelier versions of men. That's not what we are. We're very different. And when we can really understand that, I feel like we can relate with each other so much more beautifully. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, non-hairy bros. Amazing. Um, so I know that you are in the man cave and you've got your podcast. What are some of the, your favorite things that you are loving to speak to men about lately? Oh, man. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, this amazing documentary we just um, I just got introduced to called The Work. And a mm. uh, real brief summary of it is they're basically are taking level four convicts in Folsom State Prison and doing a four day uh, group therapy session with men from the, I guess, the what's the word, the, the, the default world or outside of the walls of the prison. And they're bringing them together. And for four days, they're doing this deep work. Like I'm talking like grieving, expressing anger, yes. you know, all this type of stuff. And so the big thing I'm really excited about right now is something I alluded to before is that every man who hasn't worked on himself, even men who have done the work on themselves, because it's, it's not a, like a finished product, mm-hmm. but anyone who started that has been accumulating what I think of as like karmic TNT inside of their body. And all of the, every time that we've been spoken badly to, every time we felt disrespected, every time we got turned down by a woman and made it to be something bigger it gets stored in our body if we don't express it. And then we walk around the world having all of these life experiences and all it takes is that one spark to set it off. And so what I'm really excited about right now is helping men recognize that, yeah, you've been carrying a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. that you haven't been able to express. And this is where we get to do it together. We get to do it with men who've been there before and men who are, are willing to stand here with you, no matter how ugly it gets. That's like a real unique and special thing that, far too few men in this world are are experiencing right now. Yeah. Wow. I really want to check out that documentary. That sounds amazing. Do it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's tough to watch watch because that's another thing. Like 
a lot of times, like I said before, you know, women want to know what goes on, what goes on between our ears, what's going on in our minds and in our hearts. And when you watch that documentary, there'll be a, a, a stream of emotions. And one of them is probably going to be fear, fear that men have this living inside of them. And I tell you what, nobody's more afraid of it than the man who's holding on to it. Yeah. It's terrifying. It's terrifying to hold on to that kind of energy and not know what to do with it. Yeah. So wow. it goes back to the compassion piece. You know, we, we're all, we all got stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think in terms of like for us as women supporting men, whether that's our partner or men in our community to start accessing some of these resources, what do you think the most like, like helpful and honoring way to invite them or, or introduce them to that? Cause I know sometimes we can be like, Hey, I know this great thing. You should check it out. And it can kind of not land very well. So I'd love to hear what you think would be, you know, a more graceful and loving way to do that. That's a really great question. And it's, it's funny that you mentioned it because I was thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, great. I get to go chat with Stacy on this podcast for women. And then the women are going to go tell all their men about, yeah. you know, <laughs> check out Jetty's podcast in Man Cave. Yeah. And then I thought to myself, I was like, none of them are going to want to do that. Mm. And, and, and to be perfectly frank, I, a lot of men, mm-hmm. myself included, um, we want to figure it. There's a part, still a part yeah. of us that wants to figure it out ourselves. And like that some of it has ego wrapped around it. And some of it is just, Hey, I'm on my path too. Yeah. So I honestly, I don't really know exactly how women can invite men to um, consider these things. I, I do think it's beneficial to say, Hey, I heard this, I heard this guy speaking on this podcast that I listened to today about some like the same kind of stuff, but for men. So, you know, if you're interested here, here's the link and maybe you want to check it out. There, it's always cool to put an invitation out there. It's one thing when you're like dragging us by the shirt, yeah. like you got, this out. You, you need do this. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As soon as my wife tells me I need to do something. Yeah. Saying, oh, it's, it's the boy in me. It's yeah. like that boy yeah. that's like, I'm not going to do that. Are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> the yeah. language is really important too for most yeah, of us. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think that that respecting of our, each other's paths, that's really huge. Hey, what's that like in your relationship? Like, you know, when, when one of you is like, Hey, I want to do this thing and just kind of respecting staying in our own lanes while supporting the other. I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. It's good. I'm, I'm smiling from ear to ear right now because it's just so funny. I have all these memories of my wife and I accidentally slipping into coaching each other, yes. which for any coaches out there, that's like rule number one. Don't try to coach your partner unless asterisk, they give you permission and ask yes. for it. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we slip into that. It's like, cause you can, you know, you can see the behaviors a mile away. Mm-hmm. You know, when you've been spending enough time and even if you're not, you know, quote unquote, a coach, you can see when somebody's hiding from something and that they don't see it. You can see a blind spot. You can see when someone's hiding from a mile away. So it, it is, it is kind of tricky. I, I think what, what my wife and I have had success with is we, um, we start from a place of compassion mm-hmm. and from a place of curiosity, because as soon as we pretend like we know, like, I know that this is about that thing you have going on with your mom forget about it. I might as well be like on her mom's team (laughs) about this conversation. But as soon as I'm like, Hey, tell me more about that. Like what's really going on and supporting her coming to her own truth, because then I can still be there with her. I can still be in the, in the discovery of it with her. And maybe I, maybe I was right, quote unquote, right all along that that's what really the Mm. nature of the problem was, but she got to figure that out. And same thing for us men. You know, my wife is brilliant at it. She's like masterful in the way that she, you know, says, well, what, you know, what's, what's going on and, and kind of listening a little bit and waiting for me to process it because that's, 
part of having my own path, my own discovery. If we just went to school and learned everything about ourselves from someone else, we'd leave not knowing anything about ourselves because it would just be a bunch of assessments that someone else made about us that may or may not be true. Mm. So I'd say that's what I found to be really helpful is just that curiosity instead of the knowing. Yes. Yeah, that's really powerful. And it sounds like we're kind of wrapping it up into the the container again, like bringing to your partner that safe space for them to explore and not jumping in with that sort of like, okay, I have you all figured out. Here's the manual. This is what you need. (laughs) That doesn't feel good for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody nobody wants to be fixed because we're not broken. Yes. Nobody's broken, you know? Yeah. So. And it sounds like I'm hearing this tone of, of trusting, you know, trusting their path as well. Like, hey, inviting mm-hmm. them, hey, maybe this is something you want to check out. Maybe you want to listen to this podcast together or, you know, that whatever that kind of looks like for you. But I, I do hear that us bringing it to men and being like, you need this, go do this thing comes across as a little bit condescending for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, so I, maybe to kind of circle back to that. So women don't feel like, oh, Jenny didn't give us a solution there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would say then, you know, like just say, hey, I, I heard this guy talking on the podcast and he, it was pretty funny, actually, because he told me that if I shared this with you, you probably wouldn't want to check it out. But you know, it's pretty cool because I've got this community of women. Here's here's Man Cave. Here's the Rising Man podcast that he's doing. Maybe you want to check it out. Maybe not. Either way, it's cool. Yeah. So then it's not really like uh, I have to do this. It's more like, hey, here's an opportunity. Maybe it'll help. Yeah. It's a really beautiful thing. And what an act of trust to our partners, too, in saying like, hey. I trust you with you. Here's here's something I heard about. Yeah, love mm-hmm. that. Love that. How hard is that for women to really it's... trust? <laughs> <laughs> you guys can't see me, but I feel like I'm going to fall out of my chair. It's, you know, and I think it's something too for me, like I can notice kind of the masculine and feminine dynamics in myself when I'm stepping into that, like wanting to lead a man and wanting to be like, this is what I see for you. There's a, there's a lot of love in in holding the space and trusting a man to navigate himself, you know, and giving a man the benefit of the doubt too. Cause like what I know about men is they're freaking brilliant and they work at their own pace and their own tone and they do it their way. And I think that that's something that we all love about men too. And so mm-hmm. it is, it's really challenging. It can be really challenging to not step in because I think as women too, well, I'll speak for myself. Like I can see a lot of things that sometimes men don't see, right? Like we, we have different, different senses and different kinds of, um, kind of multi-layered focus that we have. And so sometimes we might want to point out all these things, but it can feel a little bit overwhelming and not really super supportive. Um, but yeah, just to, it is hard. It is for sure. And I imagine it is for men too. Oh yeah, it's hard. And, And you know, on the opposite side of that dynamic, because I believe that all women have the purest intentions at heart. I yeah. give every woman the benefit of the doubt yeah. that you, just that nurturer, that caretaker, that mother in you that is looking for someone to, to be a mother to, to care for and to nurture. And I'll be straight up, you know, men, we have a mom and we don't want you to be our mom because yeah. as soon as you try to start being our mom, we replay the dynamic of why we resented our mom that drove us away from them. So we could carve our own path anyway. So don't try to be my mom because honestly, you really don't want to be that person anyway. And, and let me figure the things out that I need to, and just, you know, love me on the back end of it. Because if I don't go out into the field and get, take my wounds and, you know, take my cuts and, and, and have my failures, then I really won't Mm -hmm. become who I'm meant to be. I don't need to be, I, I don't need you to try and make me safe. I just need you to, to love on me regardless of what comes up. I I don't know if I'm like, you know, upsetting any of the, any of the women out there by saying that, but it's really, 
it's really what I've seen to be true. Yeah. And we like to keep it real here. So I appreciate <laughs> you going on the deep end there because I mean, that is, that's what I think, you know, just when you said it, I was like, mm, yep, yep. We don't need to be mothers in our relationships. And every woman that I know that has stepped into that at any point in their relationship doesn't like the way it feels anyways. Right. Yeah. You don't want that. You really <laughs> <Yeah>. don't. <laughs> no, it doesn't feel good. It's not sexy. And it just doesn't have the depth that I think that all of us are craving in relationships. Right. So super cool. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if I have some specific questions here to kind of wrap this up in a bow, because this has been really valuable. And I, and I really hear like from your perspective and getting to get a little looking glass into your relationship and how you are navigating this together is a really beautiful example of just like how we can be more intentional about how we're relating with men. And I'm mm -hmm. curious because something that's been coming up a lot is like how we can um, work on ourselves to be in more loving relationships with men. Um, like some of the things that we do that maybe are not super healthy or kind of coming from like the wounding of the feminine as well. Um, what do you think, like, what do you see for women as stuff that we can start to open up for ourselves more um, either for just our own sake or also in relating with men? Was that a convoluted question? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I, I think I know exactly where you're going. Uh, I think that it's what any of us really get to do. And I'll speak specifically to women since you asked is take responsibility for yourself. You know, mm -hmm. take, take personal accountability and responsibility to cleaning up and clearing out the stuff that you've been holding on to all your traumas, all your wounds, you know, whether it's working with Stacy or working with other women to get to the bottom of what has you what 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 causes you to go back to that reactive reptilian animal state mm. because men women children we all have something that will trigger us back into that state we don't want to be in and if you want your relationship to get better if you want your career to be better if you want you know life itself to just feel better then we got to clean up the messes that we've got and it's I think there's just so much shame in our culture mm -hmm. around, oh, I've got this like dirty sock under my bed. I don't want anybody to see it. So I'll just kick it back under there and pretend it doesn't exist that it's like, yeah, but that sock stinks and you're the one who has to live in that room. So clean it up. Let us, let us, you know, we'll help you. We'll help you find the sock. We'll help you wash it. We'll watch <laughs> you. Clean it. And, and that's all good. I got dirty socks in my room too. I can show you if you want to see them. Because uh, <laughs> let's just be real. We've all got that. So I, I'd say for the women, for the men, for all of us, like do your work, mm -hmm. do the work on you. Don't be ashamed of the stuff that you're going through because that's actually the things that make you unique. Your story is what gives you power. So if you deny yourself that story and that part of you that may not look or feel so good, then you're cutting off a lifeline to your purpose. Mm, yes. So good. So good. I really, really resonate with what you just said too, because it's from that space, it's, it's, you know, everything is endless. Then we're not just piling things on top of other things. You know, um, I definitely mm -hmm. came from the background of like a lot of the strategic kind of personal development where it was a lot of kind of like not doing the deeper work and sort of just like the affirmations and mindset work and a lot of different stuff, which is powerful. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was kind of just like operating on top of a lot of things. And as soon as I started doing some of that deeper work, there was more space. I had more capacity to experience love, to experience joy, to be present. Yes. You know, all of yes. these kinds of things just increase. So yeah, I, I love that you spoke to that. I think that's so huge. Um, thank you for that. Uh, what can we expect to see more from you this year? Well, you can expect to see a lot more of the Rising Man podcast and a lot more Ooh. Man Cave. Uh, yeah, so you know, I'll speak real briefly to it. The Rising Man podcast is a project I've been working on for the past half a year. 
to do exactly what you're doing for women, but to create this conversation and dialogue about the experiences and the challenges that men are going through from the journey from boy to man. And so, um, you know, we're, we're launching episode 11, um, uh, on this Thursday. I don't know when this recording goes out, but it's, it's this Thursday. And so it's, it's rolling along, picking up momentum. And, um, in tandem with that, I'm also working very closely with, uh, with Preston Smiles on Man Cave and a, and a bunch of other brilliant men who are really spearheading this charge to, to heal men, to, to heal ourselves and to heal other men together. And so, you know, really, you could just expect more of that from me in bigger and bigger ways is, is creating spaces for men to be vulnerable with each other, to go deep and to do the healing we need so we can be the men, the husbands, the fathers, the brothers, the et cetera, that we need to be for everyone else out there. Yeah. And that, that men want to be, you know, it's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Thank you so much for that. And we will put the links in the show notes, ladies. So if you want to lovingly share that with your partner or anything like that, you're more than welcome to do that. Maybe you just like put it on his desktop or something. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, they can, they can shoot their, uh, their partner's name to me and then I'll reach out to them directly. And and yes, there you go. (laughs) See man to man here, man to man. Okay. Awesome. There you go. So thank you so much. And one of the things that we love to um, kind of tie this up in a bow, was there anything that I didn't ask you that you wish that I had or any points that we didn't kind of make that we wanted to before we close out? Uh, well, that, thanks for asking that question. What came up for me is um, just to want to acknowledge you and thank mm-hmm. you for this work and the space that you're bringing up for women. I, I think this is the mark of our generation is that we were the ones who finally opened our hearts and and quieted our minds so that we could because I'm all about looking at generations. I'm all about looking at what am I, what is my life about so that my son and my, my grandson and my great grandson, so that their lives are going to be better. Um, so I, I see the work that you're doing and our peers, the work that we're all doing is, is healing ourselves so that we don't pass it on to, to the next generation. So thank you for doing that for women and for bringing a man onto the show, into the space. I, I, I love that. I love the cross pollination. That yes. It's got to happen. It just started to feel a little bit unnatural. I was like, we want to hear from men. We're not cutting men out of the conversation here. We all rise together and this is a big conversation. So I really appreciate that acknowledgement. I'm definitely receiving that. Thank you. And thank you for the work that you're doing. Truly. It was such an honor to get to just hear more about you and stuff too. So I'm looking forward to hearing more of what you and and Carrie are putting out in the world. I'm looking forward to learning from her too. And what we love to end this conversation with, and you could take this fill in the blank statement anywhere you want to go with it is if you truly want to improve your life, fill in the blank. If you truly want to improve your life, step into your shadow, expose it, expose it to the light and let others into your process. Mm. That was just so crystal clear. It was like, (laughs) it's right there. Yeah. So good. Thank you so much, Jetty. And we're looking forward to seeing more from you. And ladies, if you have any questions or anything that you want to share, of course, reach out to us. It's always cool to hear what you receive from these conversations. And it's you know, even if it's not a question and you just want to share an insight or something, put it in practice by just allowing us to witness you in that too. Um, we absolutely love to hear from you. So thanks for listening and we will check you in the next episode.